Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food plant based food, non plant based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry, as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm joined by the chef, entrepreneur and author of many mouth-watering dishes, Nina Parker. She's had such an interesting career in food, from being a chef in many top-end restaurants, to private chefing for A-listers, to now launching her own delicious sauces called Saucy. As well as all of this, she's got a beautiful Instagram, which I'm absolutely obsessed with, with all the inspiration in the world for delicious, delicious dishes. So I am very, very excited about this one. Cannot wait to talk to Nina about all things food and hear her journey. So with that in mind, let's jump straight in. I'm here today with Nina and I'm very, very excited to talk all things food. So because I would not do it justice, I always like people to do their own introduction. So please could you introduce yourself, like a 30 second elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, over to you. Um, Well, thanks for having me. It's really nice to do this. Um, Yeah, introduce myself. Okay, so my name is Nina Parker. I'm a chef and uh, I guess a food writer. Um, and I've written some cookbooks, and I've just launched um, four different oil-based products that are all vegan. And uh, yeah, and I do some catering. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I mean, we're going to go into all of that in a lot more detail, but before we do, I also have some quick-fire questions about food, just to kind of introduce everyone to like your foodie tastes. So, pizza or pasta? Pasta. Sweet or savoury? Uh, I mean, I can't live on sweet. Let's go savoury. Savoury. <laughs> Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Oh, uh, I mean... It's a, it's a burger. Veggie burger. Okay, good like one. Veggie burger. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. Rice or noodles? Noodles. And what is your favourite delivery? Oh, uh, so, uh, well, at the moment I've ordered the cricket uh, aubergine curry um, mm. in the last two days twice. So oh, there we go. Wow. That does not happen all the time, by the way. That's yeah. not me, that I've been away and yeah, no time yeah. to cook. But, and I love it. It's yummy and yeah. I feel like when you when you order something again and again, you yeah. just know that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, yeah, my yeah. housemate currently loves a poke bowl and it's currently... Repeat, repeat order I'm like that is definitely your favourite favourite thing so let's start from the complete beginning I'd love to know a bit about like where your flair for food kind of started yeah like what was like kind of like the, that point where you're like this is what I need to do this is what I want to do yes um well it's sort of I feel like well for me it was definitely a gradual sort of process mm-hmm. um I always was into desserts and loved cakes and uh, 
and ice cream and all that kind of stuff when mm-hmm. I was little. Um, but it was sort of when I left uni and um, I thought, oh, there was there was a place in Madrid. Uh, I did my year abroad in Madrid. I you study French and Spanish, and there was this incredible like vegetarian place called Viva la Vida. And uh, you used to like pile on like yummy salads, pasta, and it would all be via weight. Mm. Um, so I would always have a very expensive box with all this stuff stuffed in. I loved that whole concept. I thought, oh, I want to do some kind of like foodie thing when I leave uni. And uh, so I kind of had that sort of idea of like starting something and d- being my own boss. I definitely wanted to do that. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah and then when I sort of was just at the end of uni I worked at Wimbledon at the tennis um and I met this guy and he said oh you know there's this really nice Italian restaurant that I know the head chef I can maybe get you an introduction and uh I thought oh yeah I want to be someone's sous chef like I had zero clue about the hierarchy of a kitchen um and you know sous chef is one below head chef like that was crazy chat from my point of, you know, <laughs> I had no idea yeah. and so I met this Calabrian chef called Francesco Marseille and he yeah he was lovely very very sweet I was a little bit scared of him but still uh he was like don't worry we'll do a stage in our kitchen and you know no kitchen training or anything like that and then um yeah I I did like a stage he said you know what it's cool if you've got a passion for food, we'll teach you everything else. And then I did a, a sort of, it's called a stage when you're in the kitchen, um, like work experience. And I did seven months there and then I ended up getting a job because someone dropped out. Um, so it kind of started through that way. And then I just thought, oh, well, this is, I, I loved art and things that were creative. Like my, my mum's an artist and um, my sister's very arty as well. And I just loved it was creative but it was another kind of creative side that I hadn't really thought of doing Mm. and you know like the colours on the plate all the ingredients and yeah and I just thought oh maybe this is like maybe this could be for me but and I just thought just keep going see where it leads and and then it just sort of evolved from there so it was sort of just I kept doing it because I thought you know, I liked it. It was as simple as that. Yeah. But I tried a ton of other careers before. That. Oh my god, it's yeah. amazing though that like you didn't need to do a course or have like yeah professional. I mean, but then yeah. again, the best training is is on the job. Is on the job. Yeah, I think it is. But at the time, I was quite. You know, the first three weeks were very difficult, and yeah. and, it, and it still was difficult. You know, months after that, and or even you know years after that, in a way. Because I didn't have, I was learning all the techniques and in, in cooking you learn, a lot of it, it's all French words and mm. it's all the French techniques are kind of the old school ways of learning and, and and all the other chefs knew that and I was sort of like trying to pick up the French but it was like an Italian because it was an Italian kitchen and I didn't speak Italian but I spoke Spanish and okay. I was trying to like pick up words that so was quite and it was just I was the only girl I was the only English person and wow. it was just like 11 male Italian chefs uh, so that's it was super daunting as well yeah. like but also I don't know how I mean I love cooking but I love cooking in my own home where it's relaxed but like it's not relaxed it's not a relaxed situation in that kitchen thing. like but it's not the same as being in a chef school either that is chilled okay, because yeah you are you know you're learning it's a bit more slow paced yes you're learning things and you've got to pick it up but 
it's not the fast pace of mm. a kitchen where people are shouting, saying, go, 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 you're going too slow. Like, quite often, there were a lot of... I mean, it's, there's a lot of banter in the kitchen, but basically, if you mess up, it's it's high-octane, it's fast. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and also... This is crazy. Yeah, I just <laughs> can't even imagine it. Like, I've seen glimpses of that life just through family, friends, and and I'm just like, oh, God, like, it, you know, it's a different level of cooking. It's a different... It's just yeah. super different. And when you're learning, it's a whole other thing, and you're like, oh, God, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, things. and the also, food is so personal, and, like, you just don't want to mess it up, because, like, everyone loves food. Everyone's got high expectations when they go to a restaurant. Yeah. And so if you're creating something and it goes wrong, like, oh, well, yeah. God. Yeah. You just they throw it away. It yeah. It start again. Oh, yeah. it's but, ruthless. I mean, they, they sort of... They brought me in slowly, and you do pick up stuff quickly. Yeah, and you know, you when you're to. having to make it the same dish, you know, throughout a, a lunch. This was a very much busy lunch place where I was, and it was city, and you know, it was quite quick the whole turnover. Um, but I'd be making, say, this crab salad. Um, I don't know how many you'd make in a service. You'd make like twenty, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was quite. It was about. You know, was, I think Lanama was two hundred, just over two hundred covers. So it was, it was quite a big space. And yeah, you eventually you pick it up. You're making it, it again and again and again. And yeah, again. you pick. But it it's up. more just picking up the pace and being faster, and that's what takes the practice. In yeah, a way. yeah, for sure. And I love how you mentioned like food as a creative because I don't think people often think of food as a creative thing but it is art like when you're dressing a plate it is definitely art to well, an extent it's there's definitely you have to yeah you think of it in in that kind of way and, and mm. you know the idea of it and what colors go well and the textures and yeah yeah no for sure so with the restaurant stage mm. where did you then go on from there like you obviously went to a couple of different restaurants and yeah like were there any that stood out as like that was a great great one and others that were like that was awful because I'm sure the higher up like the high end the restaurant is yeah the more intense it is in the kitchen mm. uh I think well, I was in quite a lot of high-end restaurants like, mm-hmm. sort of for three years um but I think uh, it, it's funny this is yeah I was in a lot of like either French and Italian restaurants um French were more strict, yes, I would say, I um, less jokey. But yeah. um, but the, and I was the Italians just joked all the time. And yeah, so fun. And actually, I always think that if I'd been in English restaurants, it might have been more hardcore. Um, yeah. But like the Italians, honestly, sing in the mornings with their cappuccino, and it was just jokes, and yeah. they take the piss out of me. I think because I was always the novelty English girl in the kitchen yeah uh, and I'm still friends with like quite a lot of the ones that I've worked with uh, like the guy that gave me my first job I've just been in Calabria with him like a few like a month ago oh, amazing. Uh, and yeah so it, it's a mixture really but mm. um, but it's it's such good learning I think if anyone wants to work in food I think they should go and work in a restaurant do like even a day and just like understand that whole side of things and the discipline you have to have mm. has just helped me so much and you know it's that mind of being in a kitchen having to be meticulous and very very tidy and clean and so true so so true and what was your speciality like I did a bit of research and I read that your ice cream was like 
<laughs> you were like the queen or like the best gelat is it gelateria? Gelateria. Yes, gelateria. Is was that one of your specialities? I or? became obsessed with ice cream. Yeah. Um so I think that so when I left uh so I, I worked for a year in Jalupo, which is owned by Boca de Lupo in Soho mm-hmm. and I think they do the best ice cream in London. because um, wow, it's just it. all very from scratch, good quality mm. ingredients. There's a lot of rubbish out there of like people putting like tinned pastes into ice creams. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, and this was all from scratch, delicious, fresh ingredients. Like all the fruit was, you know, just all very seasonal, blood orange season. Uh, we would just be juicing a ton of blood oranges wow. that would last us the whole year and we would freeze the juice. So it would be at its optimum time. Um, I mean, it was crazy time. I didn't enjoy doing it because it would be so many blood oranges and don't even get me started on the bergamot. I mean, it was just... Oh, it was my just gosh. Juice, 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 juice. But um, the quality of that gelato was the best. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I would be making it. I would be having ice cream for breakfast. No um, way. Because I wanted to open an ice cream shop eventually. That was kind of the idea. Because there was this place when I was little in the south of France that had this amazing ice cream and, like, waffles. So... Oh that was kind of the idea that I was kind of wanting to recreate this Mm -hmm. um so I got an ice cream van when I left when I left restaurants and started up this ice cream and cake van which was like a Citroen H van wow um yeah like 1970s and how was that like what yeah were you kind of going around parks I went to sort of like festivals and yeah events people would hire my van out I did some stuff in London like parks and things like that But really, like parties, that's, that's what people so would cool. have it for. Yeah. I think good ice cream, you can't really beat it, in it's, my opinion. Well, that's what I, I loved. It was simple ingredients. Like, effectively, an ice cream is just four, is a base of four ingredients like double cream, milk, egg yolks, and sugar. And that's the base. And if you have good quality of all of that, and then you just, it's, there's nothing better. No. I used to think that, I still think this, if you have a good vanilla with like proper vanilla pods and you know that can be one of the most delicious yeah um yeah and at Lanama this first restaurant that I was at for, for quite a while they had amazing uh ice cream as well so I just I was like god this is the best yeah like, it's so delicious and what's your favorite flavor uh so my favorite thing is as I say vanilla mm-hmm. but with hot dark chocolate sauce that's oh, my favorite wow yeah. that's so it's very heaven. simple but if the ingredients are good then it's there's nothing it's, better yeah and what made you stop the ice cream van? Like, what was... Yeah. Um, really just that it's... Ice cream's pretty seasonal. So. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> so, like, I would be really busy in the summer months, and then uh, I would... Um, I started doing more catering throughout the winter stuff. Um, okay. And then... I, and also just, you can't survive on sweet. Uh, and you yeah. would eat a lot. And I just... I wanted to explore other you know other cuisines savory dishes being more because I was in desserts for a while and pastry which I love I love the you know I'm big into cakes Mm. um but yeah I just wanted to you know that's what I love about food you're just constantly learning about different cuisines and areas and recipes so it kind of just evolved that I wanted to do other things yeah no that's so fair enough I mean I would say that baking and cooking are very different things because personally I love to cook, yeah. but I hate to bake because, like, with cooking, like quite a lot of people, yeah. can't handle it. But some people are the other way around. Like, with, I think with baking, you've got to follow 
I might be wrong here, but like I believe you've got to follow the recipe kind of yeah, you, very vigilant. Yeah, you can't freestyle. And so many people want to freestyle and I'm like, I what made, do you, you know? And they're like, oh, I did this, but I did take out this and I took out that and it didn't work. And I'm like... Yeah, that's well, why. Well, there you go. There you go. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. And like I... Oh, I love freestyling. I love like a bit of this, a bit of that, a yeah. bit of the other. And I remember over lockdown making like... I was trying to experiment on the baking scene I honestly made cupcakes that tasted like wet sand like it was honestly <laughs> awful and I was like it's a yeah, science it's it a science. is yeah but once you have the sort of base mm-hmm. of a great cake then you can start fiddling around and moving the sugar content yeah. and changing but vegan baking versus normal baking it's you just can't do direct swaps you have to start from scratch yeah no it's so interesting it's so true and so you then went into more private chefing yeah. so what's how has that shift in terms of the atmosphere in restaurants versus private chef must be completely, completely yeah. different? It's you still have like a, a crazy high octane side to it, but mm-hmm. it's just less time of the day. You yeah, know, you've got that's sort of why I left restaurants because I loved it. I loved the atmosphere. I loved the camaraderie of a kitchen and how you have all your mates and they're like a family um, and the joking's are great mm. but it's more um the I just couldn't handle the hours it was too long my body I was just getting sick all the time yeah. and I needed to have something where I'd have more rest like I just wasn't getting any sleep yeah. and my my arms were completely burnt and bruised and swollen like it's hardcore it and is I just couldn't hardcore. handle I did I love dipping in and out of it but mm-hmm. it's just so labor intensive where it's like with the catering it was just sort of stop start a bit more yeah and you're in control of your own time and yeah yeah I mean you've done some really exciting jobs for some very cool people (laughs) do you mind sharing a bit about who who you catered for and how those experiences were yeah um who do you want me to so I mean I read that you catered for Russell Brand Yeah, yeah like that must have been pretty cool like obviously are you going into their houses yes how yeah, like, and who else was there? Am I right in saying Stormzy? Yes, yeah. yes, two very different people. Um, yeah, what, what, what's really nice with food is everyone eats, so you have a yes. real range of people you can cook for, um, and it's interesting cooking for these sort of uh, people that are very talented in their fields. Um, I'm a big Russell Brand fan anyway, so, mm-hmm. like, cooking for him is is so great and he's vegan Um, so um you know especially cooking for someone that's pretty well known they're vegan and trying to yeah I I feel like it's it's a real challenge and Mm. I love doing that and I love you know seeing the reaction of like yes oh my god he must have had loads of vegan food and if he likes mine I feel there's a lot of job satisfaction with that Mm. Um, he he actually is married to someone I went to school with, okay. so that's how I've met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and then with, but yeah, I did his. What did I do? I've done like a few things for him. I've done like his engagement party, um, and then like christenings and stuff like that. Amazing. But it's yeah, it's all vegan focus. Okay, and some non. It's yeah. a mixture. It's a, yeah. Um, and do you create the menus for them, or do they come to you being like, we want X Y Z? It's a mixture. Okay. It's a mixture. I tend to just create a menu that's very seasonal Mm -hmm. and with lots of choices. Yeah. And then they'll just pick and choose. But they'll sort of say, this is the format. Yeah. 
is in the garden it's going to be kids and family or whatever yeah yeah and then you kind of work with with okay yeah it makes yeah. sense and is there a lot of prep that goes into these because yeah <laughs> i mean you can't just turn off and start from scratch like you, no no yeah it's days it's, of prepping yeah days of prepping yeah and and like a lot of planning and yeah a juggling thing yeah sure. and but then it must be so great to like watch people's reactions to your food especially when they're you know, they're if someone who you like respect really yeah, well and they totally. watch them watch them like love it it must be so so satisfying definitely i mean Russell Brown having like my chocolate vegan cake and and saying to me that oh this is quite good I'm like oh thank you know that yeah that's something I feel like it's so nice to do the catering as well and I can't do it loads because I'm only one person and running the Instagram is actually a ton of work and yeah. full on and then now with the sources I I want that to be more my focus but you there's you don't get to get like an instant reaction from a real person replying to something you've made is something that you don't get from Instagram like it's yeah. not it's all digital it's yeah someone might think oh and like no one I always before Instagram became really big I was sort of you know not as into I just said well how's anyone gonna know what my food tastes like from a photo anyone can make a beautiful photo yeah who knows if you can t- if it tastes good yeah so there is that instant reaction you get from people which Definitely. is actually really nice yeah I think with Instagram it's quite funny because you get likes and stuff but you're like it doesn't how do you know how do like, you actually yeah there's a lot of people know? that make photos look good and exactly for yeah <laughs> exactly I completely agree and like but when someone says wow like that that was delicious like that means so much compared to like x amount of likes on a picture because yeah. like or if it isn't good you're like okay I need to like work on this why are they not reacting yeah 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 exactly exactly no it's so true so going on to saucy so what was your reason for creating saucy and talk about the product and talk about the flavors like what flavors are there yeah talk about saucy so saucy well I created this book in lockdown called saucy Mm -hmm. and the whole idea is I guess it's coming up I think it'll be six years in September that I decided I want to be more vegetarian and follow the vegan diet more um I can't say I'm one or the other because I still cook for clients I cook Mm -hmm. meat and I cook fish and I you know when I'm on holiday I will have a really yummy fish if it's locally caught and all the rest of it but I my main thing was that to eat vegetarian and vegan you need a good sauce and it needs to be you know that is what makes that food really delicious Mm. so I had this chili oil I had like a few great dressings and and then I made this cookbook which was all about like marinades pasta sauces dressings all the rest of it to make vegetables yummy and in lockdown there was this chili oil I'd made for like years I think I kind of it was about four years old I used to make it for clients and it was one of the most it's it's not the easiest thing to make but it was one of the things that all like I think it was one of the most made things on my website Mm. and and yet it wasn't easy to make and um that and the blondies which are easy to make mm-hmm. but um yeah and I thought oh well it's interesting like this is and it goes on everything and that that whole concept of it just being very easy you've got some cabbage or broccoli and and then you just put a bit of this chili oil on and you're like oh god done meal yeah. done but I'm eating loads of vegetables so that yeah. was it was just that 
making it very easy for people but with flavor yeah um and then i sort of adapted this chili oil to make a a more asian vibe one with like brown miso and Mm. sesame but it and it was like a mild spice and then when was it so this time so like january last year i created two other ones ones with nuts one a non-spicy using smoked garlic because with all the cooking i've done people have different spice tolerances and that's really important Mm. um it's so funny spice it is such a range and in a way so that's why i did so there are four different products different spices levels the chili oil is probably chili oil and the the peanut salsa the hotter ones then there's the chili sambal which is like medium Mm -hmm. and the smoked pesto is no spice but flavor because it's got the garlic in it yeah uh, and white miso so they're kind of a mixture but they've definitely got a very much asian influence yeah no i think it's kind of genius because and they're all plant-based as well yeah <laughs> it's that it's for everyone and it just completely elevates any dish like i think one of the biggest challenges that people find is how to make vegetables delicious people think of yeah vegetarian diet or it vegan diet it does take diet. a bit more work though it, yeah and it's a different way of thinking i do think the vegan route you do have to think a little bit differently when you're Definitely. preparing food and it's you know it's not necessarily what people are brought up with no i completely agree but i think yeah the, the natural way of thinking is kind of like meat some, some veg yeah some carb meal done yeah but like when it's when it's vegan it's like there's veg and there's veg and there's more veg so what's going on here so I think it's a completely different way of thinking but with a good sauce it's quick and easy and Mm. it's just like put a bit on top done easy amazing and so where is saucy going like what's your kind of vision for it (laughs) you tell me I wish someone would tell me oh really well I mean I just think that I mean the branding is so good I feel like it's it needs to be in delis everywhere it needs to be i can i mean is it stocked in is it stocked in delis at the moment at the moment it so it came out in january um it's been a real journey Mm. Uh, i mean i bought out books before and this is very different yeah (laughs) the product is so different but it's um so i yeah i spent sort of a year developing the four of them with this guy in bedford because he's making bigger quantities for me because my my worst nightmare was to have like vats of chili oil in my kitchen at home and just overflowing and a dhl man arriving and it is horrendous and, and labels I... I just couldn't have, that was the one thing i just didn't want to do so uh yeah this this guy amazingly makes it for me and we've we've got it to how the recipe should be but you know um I think the way I want to go, I do want it to maybe go into supermarkets, but it's it's a real process to get it there. Yeah. And I want to keep the consistency and the quality there. So yeah. I think you've just got to do those things gradually. Definitely. And that is the, the risk when it goes into supermarkets, is that with scale comes... Yeah. Because little things, yeah. like, it's a very textured... Uh, there's a lot of bits in there, and, it you know, the more and more, you know, you don't want it to be diluted, but but in a way to make it the way it is it is a little bit artisan so mm. to scale that up it's going to be a process definitely but I, I, at the moment it's just on my website but i am trying to get it into delis but there's a whole other thing of like the wholesale market and getting the margins right and that's taken me a while definitely um numbers i'm learning to love the numbers oh, but I'm yeah person. i'm so with you honestly 
I am one of those people at the moment who has, you know, the GPD man arriving at your door and the labels <laughs> and everything, and it is absolutely horrendous. And I've got a balcony where I do everything from. I've got products coming out of every part really? of this balcony, and I mean, you keep it on the balcony. Well, it's it's like a it's like a winter garden, so it's like it's closed. It's covered. It's okay, covered. Cool. I've got a fridge on there, like it's all kind of going on. Nice, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not the, you know, fancy lifestyle at all. It's very, very, yeah. But it is, it is so hard. Like when it comes to making a product and getting it out into the market, mm. and also with food, like comes like best before dates and how long mm. it's gonna last, and it's yeah. And also, the great thing about creating a product is the artisan part of it and mm. how like fresh it is and how. And trying to make that on a bigger scale it is very, very challenging. Yeah. It's possible, though. I mm-hmm. do think it's possible because I think there are some great products out there that do deliver. Mm. Um, the first thing, it's slightly different to mine, but something that I always think of is, uh, that is, I think, quality is that, you know, Lucito, the chipotle paste? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's got, like, yes. a yellow label. Nice label, simple, good quality. I know it's paste. It's kind of, in a way, easier to deliver than mine, but... I think they've upscaled that in a really... I mean, there are many products that have, but, um, yeah, I think it's just... make For me, it's been very difficult to get it off the ground and to, you know, things like deliveries, jars breaking, all that stuff. Yes. It's hardcore, but, Mm -hmm. you know, people are repeat buying it and are loving it, and, you know, I'm not doing this with, like, a huge publish I'm literally doing it with me and my marketing girl um to get it out there so it's like it's small scale but already people are like loving it and using it and that that's kind of what's keeping me going so I'm like oh well there must be something if people are like definitely and there's a gap for it there's definitely a gap there's nothing in the market that's similar and it's such a versatile product that is for everyone so it's you're not narrowing the market at all because anyone can have this whether they put it on pasta, pizza, chicken or veg it's there for everyone so I think yeah there's definitely so much room for it which is so exciting I think it's really really great I think but food is yeah it's a challenge it It is is. a challenge well the the plus side with them is that they last for ages because they're oil based so Mm. actually they don't need fridge space which is another like big that's really good yeah that's another fridge space is it's like real estate it's a lot it is and also delivering chilled and yeah. worrying about that yeah so, so that's, that's a plus good. that is so a huge it, plus and yeah it lasts for ages that's really really good very exciting that's what's though. on my side yeah <laughs> that's very exciting so where do you stand with the whole plant-based movement I know we spoke a bit about mm. this before we started the podcast but where yeah so what's kind of been where do you stand with it what's your kind of values behind it because I feel like everyone is super different when it comes to this. Definitely. Uh, it's sort of changed over the last couple of years. Um, I definitely, I used to be, you know, uh, a steak tartar, rawest meat type of person there was. Um, and then, I, as I sort of said, about five, six years ago, I got really into it and was, you know, kind of trying to learn about that whole side of things, decided that I didn't want to eat meat or fish for the planet, mm-hmm. um, and made quite a big change, um, and also with my Instagram, just really focused on vegetarian, but as a, as I said, I'm a chef, I cook for people, if they want to have meat, I will... I am going to taste it and I'm going to check, but it's not something I really... Luckily, I think everyone's different, like, I personally 
feel great on a vegetarian diet mm. and that's kind of I guess why if I felt terrible then I might have to make a different choice yeah. but um I'll you know if I go to the butcher I'll go to you know someone I trust I'll get good quality fish from the fishmonger yeah um and it's a treat you but at the same time like I really care where everything comes from and I think as we were saying it's it's sort of changed a bit more now because I do think if you get a really good quality chicken um and it's a special treat um that in a way arguably is I do think that's okay yeah completely Um, and uh I think it's just all a balance Mm. and I think the more and more people I talk about this um most people are doing as much meat free and fish free as possible anyway and um it's just making the options there and making it delicious yeah I think there's a very sad like it's getting better but I I think like restaurant options I personally don't think are that great for vegans I think there's a lot of god if I see another squash and risotto or like no mushroom risotto or like oh. squash and kale and and some pine nuts that's basically what yeah. it is which Roast is veg fine, couscous, I'm like but really? it's just not that interesting no. and I think I don't know I think there's still a lot of weird healthy vegan stuff yeah. out there and I just yes. think it should feel as normal as possible I completely agree I completely agree I, restaurants I think they just it's think it's better it's better and there, it's there's better. always something on a menu now that people can have yeah but I just feel like I went somewhere yesterday and there was a sweet potato tagine. I just thought, <laughs> sweet potato. I thought, right, that sounds so unappealing. Like, yeah. really? Like, just because you, yeah. I what, think when you cook it at home, which I do a lot, I know how delicious it can be. So yeah. I guess most people would probably be like, oh, there are loads of options. But I guess, yeah, I'm just like extra fussy because I'm like, well, I could, you know, I there's so many this, good yeah. options that, that I would make at home for that thing. So I do, you know, I think, like I actually went somewhere this week and there were no veggie mains, which is so unusual oh now. Gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I often find that. I mean, I, I'm i very happy kind of combining a few starters and sides and making something work. <laughs> but... Yeah, I feel like restaurants there is there's a bit of a way to go with them, but it is changing. It's a very different it's world now. It's always moving, always changing. Yeah. I think pe- so many people are conscious of it. It's it's unusual yeah. when you come across someone that is still, which does happen because obviously being doing what I do, people do talk to me about food and, yeah, yeah, and what yeah. they cook and what they like to make. Yeah, uh, which is which is great. Um, but sometimes you will come across someone that's like yeah I have meat every day and I'm always like and you're like a young person and yeah or uh and I do find that sometimes yeah I'm like gosh it's pretty joked yeah yeah it is crazy I I feel like the the main issue with it is convenience I feel like people struggle when like if they've had a busy day at work or if they eat to live rather than live to eat yeah. and it's just fuel then people will just be like, oh, I'll just go to my local shop and there's some chicken, I'm going to have that with vegetables and some yeah. rice or whatever. That's kind of just convenient-based. But I think the more you look, the more you see, mm. I think, when it comes to the vegan plant-based movement, because the more you look into it and read into it, you're like, oh, wow, actually, like, there's so much I can do and it's so exciting. And actually, plant-based cooking is so easy and quick yeah. compared to waiting for your chicken to cook as it cooked through, like, you know all yeah. that type of thing so um yeah it's exciting there's definitely lots I think there's changing. a lot of the stuff I'm not that into though with the whole plant-based thing and I think it is just a money maker is 
like little things like I'm not into those the fake meat and the, the yeah. impossible burger or the whatever the other one is uh, that is in quite a lot of places I kind I had one and it's like a bit of a mind yeah it's strange it's like what are you eating you're eating this very weird thing that seems like meat I totally get that there's a place for it but I would I much prefer I would rather make a burger myself from stuff that I yeah. know what's in it yeah I think there's a lot of stuff where it's like oh it's vegan is it healthy and it's I what know. is it even made out of and there's yeah. so much weird stuff in it try not to swear yeah completely <laughs> honestly completely I mean I when greedy vegan started the aim was to be a plant-based meat and fish delivery service like your odd box for meat and fish alternatives mm. that was the aim so started it had loads of products on board this brand future farm meatless meatless farm I think that's right anyways um is that as do they do sausages meatless farm do they now even do chicken breasts like they do mints I had their mints which I don't know the more I kind of looked into it and I was like I don't know if I believe in this anymore and so now it's weird it's a minefield yeah there's a a lot of weird stuff out there there is and I was like so now it's more like an artisan deli, really vegan, where you've got amazing cheeses and you've got a plant-based smoked salmon made out of smoked carrot mm. and like, but very clean. And that's kind of where it's gone because I was like, I can't stop selling and like promoting something that I don't really believe mm. in or eat myself. And I think with these alternatives, there's a market for it, but it's quite a strange market because if you're vegan, you wouldn't want to eat. Like I've tried plant-based ribs, like bizarre, like. Oh if you don't God, want me, it's a thing. That sounds so gross. It sounds so gross. I was like, they're like, try it, and I was like, honestly, the thought, even like eating that, I, even though it's not meat, it tastes and looks so like what, meat. Is there a bone? There was no there? bone. What is? What, it was just is like a stick. It was just a stick of something. <laughs> it was so strange. Honestly, I was like, but I think where the, that market comes in is if you're you're plant based, but you really miss meat, mm. and you're doing it for the planet. But you really, really miss me. Yeah. I think that's I guess the person. You're right. Everyone's got their reasons for doing. Yeah, it. but it's, it's. I guess the way I would say see it is that. Well, yeah. I mean, there are so many things because there's a whole moral thing with vegan as well. But like, if you were having fake chicken, where does that fake chicken come from? Is it imported from America? Well, then you've got to think of that. You're thinking of like the air miles. It's such a like grey area. Whereas yeah. like, if there's a chicken down the road that is from this really nice farm and you're having it I don't know once a month yeah arguably that's better yeah obviously there's you know if you don't mind that but yeah completely I don't know I mean for me it's the air miles of all the vegetables that's what really gets me like I've written to supermarkets you know furious about the asparagus situation yeah I always bang on about this but it's just like how I feel that's actually a big conversation that should be it's great if you're eating vegetables and you're but you're it's not great if it's all coming from Mexico and Guatemala so Mm. you know local eating seasonally what's in the UK yeah is actually one of the best things I think you can do I completely agree I completely agree I think we're in a world where like we're so used to having what we want when we want it yeah I want to have asparagus today or I want to have Brussels sprouts and it's like well, what if you don't? What if but you it's can't? It's the education. People just need to mm. know. I was talking to this nutritionist, um, not uh, quite recently, and she was just saying she does all these talks around the country, trying to teach children um, where food comes from, 
you know where does a potato grow all that kind of stuff mm. and she says it's just education to understand where and children aren't taught you know there should be more education so and true, yeah. understanding where you know the vegetables come from and yeah and what is in season and what seasons mean what and mm. like what are the vegetables of the summer and of the mm. winter I think the one thing that I found really helped me is I have odd box and like yeah, that that's amazing it's amazing because you know that that's seasonal and yeah. local and like yes in winter you get sweets coming out of your ears but like <laughs> that's what's in season so you yeah. got to work with it but then again if you're not really a foodie and don't like cooking then that's not going to work yeah. for you but it's a really good way of like getting the seasonal things when you know in season so but yeah education is a huge part of it but I guess if you're not that way inclined then it's hard to kind of be interested in it if you're not Mm. really a big foodie it's it's a challenge for sure yeah (laughs) so last thing I want to ask I've got two last questions firstly I know on your website you've got a big thing about restaurants in terms of your personal recommendations having like worked in many restaurants I'm sure you love trying new places so could you share with us a few of your favorite restaurants or restaurant recommendations that you have in london sure um well somewhere that i well recently this week i went to a really yummy restaurant called mm. bruto okay uh, or bruto uh and it's um a, the new one from russell norman um mm. and it's an amazing italian in clerkenwell okay delicious incredible bread pasta um very cozy i think they've got some outside tables as well which you could ask for um i also think it'd be a great place for the winter Mm. um and yeah he's the guy that did polpo so um he knows what he's doing yeah uh and reasonably priced uh i also that's another italian actually but i went to manteca i thought that was really Mm. great in shoreditch one of my favourite places is uh, um, the Dusty Knuckle Bakery, which is oh. in um, just off Dalston, Kingsland uh, Overground. It's my favourite. I just love everything about it. It's you can go. It's, it's it's obviously a bakery, but they do lunchtime stuff, breakfast stuff. Um, it's kind of got a nice courtyard. It's got a very like LA feel about oh, it, and uh, the sourdough is incredible um pastries are good nice coffee it's just got they play great tunes yeah um and they've got the bakery at the back they supply quite a lot of restaurants and i think i don't know if this is still the case but they used to have um i think it was a chef from morrow used to work there but basically the 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 plate is very reasonably priced like the uh the kind of mains they do very yummy i don't know like kind of uh, leak tart and stuff yeah. it's just kind of I love it for the whole vibe of it and yeah it's kind of it's just if I had a place I would want it to be like that that sounds it's missing so nice. cakes okay does some good cookies but yeah yeah it's just kind of got a warehouse inside and oh, the so way you can cool. just see people making the bread and that sounds always so nice. their tunes it's yeah thing. yeah I think with restaurants it is about every element like it's mm. not just the food there's a whole vibe around it for sure yeah and, oh, and the sandwiches i can't believe i didn't mention the sandwiches yeah um, the sandwiches are basically the most insane sandwiches ever so okay. they've got incredible uh veggie sandwiches with like great salsas that they'll put in you know they'll do mm. like a roast celeriac sandwich so it's just a bit oh, more wow. out there they'll put like a duca 
seasoning. It's just layers. I mean, they're not wow. they're like eight quid. Yeah, so they're not cheap, but like they do a sour, sourdough focaccia. It's honestly, you should travel. I there. need to go there. This <laughs> sounds incredible. That sounds so they're nice. They're not at the weekend though. It's just during the week. Just weekday, yeah. right? The okay. weekends are different type of sandwich. The big ones are. Yeah, oh, weekday. Week. Okay, <laughs> I need to go. This sounds so good. So my last question, I ask everyone this. I love this question. It's so interesting. Is what would be your last meal? So if you were, you know. On death row. On death row. <laughs> I don't mean to be dark, but so yeah. Morbid. You know what? People ask me this question. Really? Quite often, yeah. Okay. Um, Start a main course dessert. Um, well, it's very sad, but okay. Uh, I would probably have, like, well, it would definitely be pasta. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, some kind of yummy. Probably, like, my comfort food is pasta, so mm-hmm. I would say, like, maybe some kind of aubergine tomato pasta a lot of cheese um maybe i'd start it with like a vodka dirty martini oh yeah then the pasta maybe some champagne i think i'd go all out yeah the drinks (laughs) yeah drink the Um, huge part of it and definitely finish with some like as i said maybe like i do like a uh oh yeah i do like a gouffed en blanche which is um like a, a a waffle with um so you have a ball of vanilla ice cream, ball of like whipped vanilla sh- cream, and then hot dark chocolate sauce and um, some toasted almond flakes. Wow, yeah. that sounds so nice. Yeah. Being dairy free, ice cream is really hard. Yeah, but that they do do some good sorbets out there now, like oh, dark sorbet chocolate sorbet. I'm yeah. like there for it. That's yeah. great. I mean, how you can do that I don't know but it's so good and pistachio you just put a lot of chocolate we used to do it at Jalupo we'd have a chocolate sorbet and it would just so much dark chocolate go in there and it it, that and also a lot of um cocoa butter Mm -hmm. so you put those in and that would give the kind of creaminess so 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 nice and I also just want to ask one more thing what would yours be oh gosh it's a hard one I think my favorite cuisine is is like Lebanese yeah so I'd probably go for for starter i probably have like it changes all the time but I'd probably go for like some dips so like hummus baba ganoush yeah. pita crudities I yeah. just love that then for main it might be like cauliflower steak with like tabbouleh type okay. thing with like um tahini yeah that type of vibe dessert would probably be something to do with like dark chocolate and almond butter okay. I love nut butter so maybe something I, I also love frozen yogurt so it's a hard one but you could have both I probably have frozen yogurt with some almond butter and some dark chocolate is the frozen yogurt yes exactly that would probably be mine but oh, it is a hard question and drink wise probably be a really good gin and tonic because that's probably my favourite drink okay. <laughs> so also the last question I want to ask is what do you find being the most popular thing that people want to see from your Instagram? Oh, uh, good question. Probably like uh, either pasta or cakes. Okay. I would say. I think my cakes seem to do quite well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like whether it's like a very easy thing that people can make or yeah. something that maybe people might learn a little bit from that. Is it hard to get the balance between making something? simple that people can do and challenging people because you want to make it too yeah. hard that people are like oh it's too many ingredients on that yeah or oh that's not that's too easy I don't know it must be yeah. quite a hard balance I mean what I cook 
for clients is different to what I'll cook on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a different mindset. That's yeah. why I think... I remember ages ago people would say, like, if a chef makes a cookbook, it's actually... Versus like just a home cook, it's can sometimes the home cooks cookbook would just do so much, it'd be more successful. Yeah. Whereas because the chef will just it's they would say oh it's too chefy I don't understand you yeah, know yeah, or yeah. just like have a whole list of ingredients. So it's definitely been a learning process to because I'm always like oh but I'll just put that in you know because for me yeah. I'm all about I don't mind spending a bit more time or mm. doing something but you definitely have to have a different brain on for, yeah. for doing that definitely and yeah. I always think less ingredients how can I make this more simple how can I still make the flavour that's why I sometimes do this thing uh, with like five ingredient recipes and mm. for me to, I love it because it makes me really think hard how can I get the flavour in there but with less ingredients and you can still do it mm. um you just have to up the garlic or like yeah. <laughs> the onions and yeah yeah but it is a challenge like I don't know I love adding a bit of this but of that but of the other like it must be you have to be strict very yeah very very but no super interesting thank you so much oh. for sparing some time to talk about all things food I found it so interesting oh well thanks for having me you're thanks so welcome. much you're very welcome and I'm really excited about saucy I'm gonna try and get it on greedy vegan if that's going to be possible i think it's so great and i also think that it's so simple and everyone can use it and so yes watch this space hopefully yeah it's going to expand and yeah very excited thanks thanks so much thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed hearing nina's journey and stories watch this space for some saucy coming to greedy vegan very soon Thanks again and see you again next week.